Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. That work in the gym, nights bringing that intelligent perspective that takes you above the rim. From the PG, saw the whole court. Now he plays the sideline to observe a report, bringing nothing but fresh interviews while discussing high school, college, and NBA news. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. Welcome to the Off the Glass podcast, bringing a fresh, intelligent, thought-provoking perspective to the game of basketball. I'm your host, Z. No fan of any team, but a lover of basketball. Thanks for joining me today. We're a day away from the start of the NBA season, but I I wanted to slide in and kind of talk about something different a little bit before we jump to the NBA. Definitely excited, though. Training camp is over. Preseason games are over with. Like I said, tomorrow marks the official start of the NBA season, opening night. First game of the night is going to be a 76ers taking on the Celtics, and then the Warriors will be getting their rings in the nightcap going against the shorthanded Oklahoma City Thunder. But today I kind of wanted to drop in and talk about something that's related to the college game and kind of been sitting back monitoring Twitter, watching different storylines, and really have been shocked, appalled. I find it amazing that nobody has been covering this story that's going on right now. The the FBI, the federal government right now is having a three-week trial into the fraud investigation case that came out last season when you had the big-time shoe company Adidas and some of their workers and consultants it's been alleged that they've been, you know, playing players to attend certain Adidas schools or have influence and have them sign uh, with particular agents um, coming out of school. And, um, you know, I find it very interesting. I only really came across, to be honest with you, unless I missed it. But two articles that really detail what was going on. One was written by Michael McCann for Sports Illustrated SI and um, a lot of the stuff and the facts I'm going to be reading off comes from his article, which is a very long and uh, detailed piece. I suggest that you go and check it out because he lays out the whole case that the prosecution is trying to lay out and what the defense is up against. But the interesting part about all this, again, like I said, nobody has talked about this case. I haven't seen ESPN covering it. I haven't seen Fox News. Everybody's been talking about football, of course, and then even sports writers. They've been all caught up in this Kanye West, Donald Trump mess, and nobody's paying this any attention with somebody like me who, I I admit it, I I am a conspiracy theorist guy, not to the point where I don't have any sense and I lose myself and you just believe anything, but I've always been someone who contends. If you think that there's not a group of people in the world or people don't get together, it doesn't have to be in the world. It could just be everyday folks don't get together and try to conspire to do different things. 
I mean, you must be out of your mind. And I think it's the same way at a higher level. If you think people are not getting together in a room, especially those who are part of the world's elite who really have money and they're not trying to do things that's going to benefit them, then you're naive and I don't know what world you're living in. So with that being said, it almost lends to believe that it's some kind of conspiracy going on with the fact that nobody is covering this trial. And just to kind of recap, I'm not going to go through every single detail, but just so you know, the three people who are on trial right now is James Gatto, who is the director of global marketing for Adidas. So this is a high ranking, high level guy, holds a very high position in the company. So to see that this court, this corruption extends that high up is very interesting within itself. I'm almost surprised when this first broke that no other major shoe company was kind of implementing and doing some of the same things because it's somebody who's been around the game of basketball uh, all my life. I'm here in Chicago. A lot of great players come out of this city. A lot of great players come out of this state. And you heard, I've heard, like I said, in one podcast, rumors of players getting all kinds of things. So I know this kind of stuff goes on. And again, if you don't think this kind of stuff goes on, then you're super naive and I don't know what world you're living in. The other guy who's been indicted is a guy by the name of Merle Cole. He worked for Adidas as well. He's a client recruiter. You had Christian Dawkins, who was essentially known as the runner. So guy who will facilitate the money, make sure it got to where it needed to get to, things of that nature. And then their star witness, I mean, the guy's been telling everything. Uh, his name is TJ Gasnola former AAU coach sponsored by Adidas and a consultant for Adidas. You also have one of the main uh, players who kind of opened all this up to begin with, the father of uh, the Louisville recruit, Brian Bowen. Um, Brian Bowen Sr. has been testifying as well. And if the goal of the prosecution or the federal government is to prove that they've had corruption in college basketball, they've already proved that case without a reasonable doubt. The issue and thing that comes into play, though, is that technically it's not a crime to to get players, to pay players to go to school. So what they're trying to do is base their case around wire fraud, basically defrauding the institution by saying that they're these players that are coming in are going to be eligible to play for scholarships and all these things. So they're trying to charge them with wire fraud and um, a couple other things. And it's going to be almost hard for them to really prove their case, you know, um, but to, to read these articles and see the level of the money that was doled out. I mean, you had Dennis Smith Jr. who plays for the Mavs. His name came up who, you know, um, he had testified uh, that the uh, Gasola was involved with um getting $40,000 to a runner and getting into NC, NC State's uh, recruit, Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick, was linked to possibly getting money as well. Um, it looks like an alleged payment of 15000 was done. It was um, wrongfully uh, put out earlier that Sean Miller, the coach of Arizona, had been on a tape recording asking for $100,000 for Ayton, but that has since been not proven um, there's no record of such payments. So Sean Miller, as of now, has been exonerated of those charges. So he's not involved in this case anymore. But other players like Billy Preston, Silva D'Souza, all these, those two guys both were attending Kansas. And Billy Preston never really played at Kansas. It was interesting because he was caught on campus. Not even caught. He had an accident in a Dodge Charger. And the fact they thought, like, he shouldn't be driving a car like that, they investigated where that kind of came from. That kind of started the ball rolling with that. But 
Louisville was implicated in this and mainly by um, the father, Brian Bowen Sr., who said that the um, then assistant coach, Kenny Johnson, had paid him $1,300. So, again, we come right back around to, to Rick Pitino, who wrote his whole book and claims he didn't know anything about anything that was going on, including the, the stripping uh, sex scandal that took place in one of the dormitories and all this other kind of stuff. And I've, and I've said this all along. Do I truly believe that you have some of the top level coaches sitting in a room with runners and, um, you know, middlemen and bagmen and all this kind of stuff coming up with these plans? I really don't think so. I don't think it's like the movie Blue Chips to that point starring Nick Nolte that came out in the 90s that featured uh, Anthony Hardaway and Shaquille O'Neal. But to act like they don't have any clue of what goes on and how this game is played, I think is naive as well. And I think there's wrong. I think it's just as I think they're just as wrong. Then you might have some coaches who behind the scene is facilitating these things, because, again, I'm here in Chicago and I've heard all kinds of stories about top recruits getting all kinds of money, family members getting jobs, getting cars, things of this nature. So all of this is not far fetched. I mean, you had other institutions implemented like Auburn, Chuck Person, the coach there. He was implemented in this as well. So, again, they have already proved without a reasonable doubt that the NCAA basketball scene, and I know football is probably too. I mean, we're not going to be naive on that, is corrupt. My biggest concern is why is nobody covering this story? Where is Jay Billis? You know, you're always tweeting out young Jeezy, got to go to work, and maybe – you know, where's Jay Williams? And maybe they've been told from ESPN not to speak on this. Or maybe they want to sit back and see where how everything plays out. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt before they comment. But for those who have been beating the drum of the NCAA amateurism, you know, where's Dick Vitale? I don't hear anybody talking about this case and the things that's coming out. And again, it shows that this whole amateurism thing is a farce and it's a fraud. Again, I had a, a podcast with uh, David Thorpe, and I suggest you go back and check it out. And I asked him what did he think about the NCAA, and we both agree, and other people agree. Let's go to the European model. Let's have club teams. Let's, um, you know, facilitate payments where guys are legitimately going to play basketball. We're not putting this education thing on the table because, truth be told, we go to college to get better at something so we can come out and earn a living. And if these guys are going to come out – and earn a living playing basketball, you know, and I'm a big proponent of education. I got my degree, but I got my degree in history. You're looking at somebody that had to drive a CTA bus because I couldn't find work in my degree. So degrees and all that is not the end all be all, especially some of the backgrounds these guys are coming from. But for these coaches to make millions of dollars off the backs of these players is ridiculous. And again, I just wanted to kind of stop by at the beginning of this podcast and just talk about how nobody's commenting on this. Everybody's wrapped up in all these other things. And I think this is very fascinating that you have a major shoe company because Nike is number one, followed by Adidas and then Under Armour. And for Adidas to to be impl- implicated in something like this, I mean, it's very, very very, very shocking at this high level. Not shocking at the fact that AAU coaches, because I, I, I'm i somebody that's for AAU, but also against AAU. Like anything else in life, when it's done right, AAU can be very beneficial. I will always argue and contend that these young guys and these young women play way too many games, and we wonder why they have all these injuries. But, you know, the, the, the dirty water of AAU and different things you hear people doing to try to promote themselves and the salaries that some of these coaches are making off 
the backs of these players from these shoe companies is is very very discouraging but the fact though again that nobody is covering this story and nobody's shedding any light to it i just i'm fascinated by it to say the least and i can't really believe what is um going on so don't want to be the dead horse again michael mccann from si has a very 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 good piece so go over there check that out listen to it i mean it's extremely detailed about the things going on and to be honest with you i don't know if the government is going to really be able to prove their case because again i don't think these are really crimes that are being committed so um going to be interesting to see their fate relies in the hands of 12 jurors it's a jury trial it's not a bench trial so we have to just sit back and wait and see what happens one to kind of check in too on the jimmy butler saga uh as of it stands right now it looks like he's going to be playing open at night they did eventually have a trade on the table with Miami, but the deal didn't go through. It was multiple reports of rumors of Pat Riley hanging up on Fibido, calling him an MFR. Uh, Pat Riley has since released a statement denying those accusations, said he did no such thing. Excuse me. Um, you know, again, to, to, to comment on this, the fact that Fibido still has a job is amazing to me. Um, the level of dysfunction in Minnesota, who this has always been a disaster franchise going back 25 plus years, haven't seen much success. They finally made the playoffs since KG for the first time last year and then uh, ultimately got swept, putting up little to no fight to the Houston Rockets. You had your star player. Towns was a no show. Butler was trying to wheel him to victory, but couldn't do it. Wiggins, a no show. And. You don't know what the future of this franchise holds. It looks like they're not going to be able to trade Jimmy Butler. And it seems to me from the reports I'm reading that they knew he wanted to be traded all along earlier in this. So why this came to this point, again, I will never know. But this is an example of how you don't want to run a franchise and why some franchises are just better run. And why you give teams like the Spurs. Well, I can't really use the Spurs. Well, I guess you can, but the Spurs kind of had a – Interesting change of events. You know, you had Aldridge supposedly demanding a trade, and they fixed that. Then you had the whole Kawhi Leonard situation last year. So that kind of took some of the, you know, some of the shine off the arm or some of the lust off of the organization. But, you know, Boston, San Antonio historically, Golden State, um, just really solid, very well-run organizations. And, you know, you look at how they're able to sign players and take on certain players, and it's important. Even Utah, Utah doesn't get enough credit for what they're doing internally with their drafting of their players and being able to give somebody like a Rudy Grobert, who I just wrote a piece on him and Draymond Green. Check out the Off the Glass podcast blog. You know, head over to WWD Off the Glass podcast. You know, quick plug, but um, they're able to get Donovan Mitchell, Trey for Rubio, Jay Crowder. Um, the guy coming off the bench, O'Neal, is a solid contributor. Uh, Joe Ingles, you know, these kind of players. So, you know, Minnesota's is another example of a poorly run franchise, dysfunctional franchise. And it's a shame um, because it looks like they might waste some of the prime years of, of Carl Anthony Towns. Now, with all that being said, my take on Jimmy Butler is this. I really, truly believe that this is all about money. You could say it's about winning and all this kind of stuff, and it's cliche. I don't think nobody wants to get out there and, and lose, but if Minnesota would have gutted their roster 
And that's what they would have had to have done to be able to afford to give him the five-year max, which he's seeking for, and rightfully so. He'll be 30 this year. He's had, you know, a couple knee injuries, nothing crazy, nothing serious. But, you know, he wants to secure his future, and he wants to secure that back. But they would have had to gut their team, and ultimately means probably trading Andrew Wiggins. And Minnesota just wasn't going to do that. They just was not going to gut their whole team for Jimmy Butler. And for all that's said about Jimmy Butler – you he you're just not that guy, bro. I mean, your ego coming off across, and I get it. You need an ego to be great in this game. You know, I understand all that, but he's talking like he's Michael Jordan, like he's Kobe, and those kind of guys are the only kind of guys that can kind of exhibit those kind of leadership qualities. But I will contend again. You know, I agree with a lot of people I see on 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 Twitter and on social media. That style of leadership, man. Again, I don't believe ultimately is healthy. I always say all the time. I couldn't have played with Jordan or Kobe because if you talk to me crazy, bro, I'm, I'm knocking you out. I don't care who you are. You know, I don't care who you think you are, how much money you make. I don't care if I would ever play in the league again. I would have went overseas and got me a bag. But at the end of the day, I'm a man and you're a man, and you're not going to talk to me like that. And this whole idea that that exudes toughness and all that, I just don't agree with it. Now, at the same time, if we're questioning things like Towns' work ethic and how bad you want it, Wiggins' work ethic and how bad you want it, that's also a problem, too, from those guys. But somewhere, it has to be some middle ground. It has to be some perspective. And to just be yelling on somebody, beating somebody, being negative to somebody all the time, I don't think that's going to make them play hard. And today, society just doesn't promote that. These are not the kind of guys that came up with that, the Bobby Knights and all that kind of stuff. That thing is a is in the past. It is what it is. And one thing's about life as you get older, and I'm getting older, I'll be 37 in another week, is, you know, you want to kind of hold on to your foundation. But the thing about life is you want to constantly be improving. You want to constantly be learning things and growing. And sometimes you're going to have to realize that the way you might not do things one way is not going to be effective. That doesn't mean you don't try to be hard on somebody. That doesn't mean you don't expect the best out of people. But somehow, some way, you got to learn how to communicate. And that's what leadership is all about. And Jimmy Butler, again, I think he's like a, a in between a one and a two. I don't think he's the best player on a championship team. He's more closer to that second range. And even though he's carrying himself like he's an alpha and he's a number one, he's just not that guy. And the way he showed up at practice, again, do what you want to do, say what you feel. But, again, I thought it wasn't handled well. I don't think coach, yelling at coaches, cursing out coaches, and not because they're people in authority. I just think that I'm, I'm really big in respect. And I really begin, I'm big in how you handle yourself and conduct your business. And the way he decided to do that I thought was very poor. Um, it was definitely orchestrated and, and planned out. You could tell he was moving the chess pieces on the board. The fact that Rachel Nicholas was already in Minnesota to give the interview after he had reached out and said he was ready to talk. Everything he did was a calculated chess move to benefit Jimmy Butler, which is fine. Again, these owners, these staffs, people make millions of dollars, billions of dollars off these players. So I'm always pro player. But again, I'm going to always preach perspective. And with perspective here, he orchestrated all this and it was kind of a misstep and it was kind of poor. I don't think it paints himself in a good light. And regardless of what we like to think and tell ourselves, image is everything. Image does mean a lot. And I don't know how he's going to look coming out of this. I don't know how he's going to be received. He's obviously going to be booed. I mean, how awkward of a situation does this have to be? But as of right now, 
Jimmy Butler is still a Timberwolf. Tom Thibodeau is still the coach. And I thought at least he should have been fired from the president of operations job and just focus on coaching. And, again, this will finally, finally put to bed, put to rest the whole idea of the president and slash coach title. You know, when you're coaching 82 games and you have to get ready, prepare, come up with um, – scouting reports and all those kind of things. You're traveling from city to city. There's just no way you can do both jobs effectively. I don't care what anybody says. And everybody wants to point to Popovich, but he also has R.C. Buford, and they have a very good working relationship. And I'm pretty sure Popovich offers suggestions, and they, I'm pretty sure as organized they are, they have a board. They know what they're looking for. They know what type of players. They know what they're trying to do. But they're all on the same page. But this idea that pop is just pulling all the strings it's not how it works he has rc buford and rc buford has his staff and they all work together in a cohesive unit to try to bring the best players the best outcome to their organization so with that being said we're going to pause real quick take a quick break and on the other side of break we're going to talk about the opening games coming up next more to come on the off the glass podcast Hey there, are you enjoying the podcast? Make sure to head over to Spreaker and subscribe and download the whole site. Also, we can be found on iHeartRadio now, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so to make sure to subscribe, download, comment. Also, check out the website, www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. Read the blog post, comment. While you're there, hey, might as well get your Off The Glass Podcast t-shirt as well. Uh, thanks for the support out there. Follow me on Twitter at ZJ at the Off the Glass Podcast. Instagram is Zach the Off the Glass Podcast. Follow the Facebook page, the Off the Glass Podcast. So, thanks for the support. Continue to listen. Back to the show. Welcome back to the Off the Glass Podcast. And just before the break, I wanted to. I said I was going to be previewing tomorrow's opening night and the start of NBA season. Exciting time. Basketball's back. We get to see Boston and Philly in the opening uh, game. I think it's going to be a lot of pressure on Boston. They didn't play well in the preseason. They didn't uh, look good on offense. Brad Stevens in multiple interviews was saying how unhappy he was with his team's performance. So maybe they can right the ship. Gordon Haywood is not quite back 100%, which is going to be expected. He didn't play. And if you haven't been following his behind-the-scenes documentary he did chronicling his comeback, I suggest you go and check it out because um, it was interesting, man. I mean, the man has been through a lot. The fact that he had to actually learn how to run again is remarkable that he's at the place that he is. So Celtics fans, let's be patient. I'm not too worried. We'll check back in about 30 games, see how he is. Kyrie Irving looks ready to go um, for Philly. One thing I'm worried about with Philly is are they going to have the same Chinese – um, hangover that Golden State had. Now, granted, Golden State played more games because they went to the finals and won the championship, but they were kind of sluggish coming out the gates because you're traveling over there, huge time difference. Um, you're doing media requirements. You're playing games. You're practicing. So it's not like they're on vacation and they're just playing basketball. So want to see how they're going to work out. Um, they start the season off. Wilson Chandler is injured. Um, looks like Markel Fultz is going to start. Um, J.J. Redick is going to come off the bench. Fultz did look good in preseason. I'm really, really rooting for this guy, man. I want him to do well. I went back and I posted on Twitter looking at his YouTube highlights, you know, his highlights from Washington. And 
I, I guess they got his jump shot in a good place. You know, let me say it like that. He definitely is shooting the ball much better. But if you go back and look at how he was shooting in Washington, his jump shot was totally different, a lot more smoother. Um, confidence does play a role in that. But you can it's an obvious, obvious switch. So I don't know how serious the shoulder injury, you know, was last season. Again, as somebody who's had a shoulder injury on your shooting arm, um, it did affect my shot for the rest of my career. And it was something from time to time I had to battle through, so maybe that's the case with him. But he did look confident. He was taking shots. He was making shots. He was, you know, making them in transition, off the dribble. He made some threes. So I think, again, if Philly really wants to, you know, take an even bigger step in ascend this year, um, it's going to be how well Fultz plays. In the nightcap, Golden State gets their rings and they kick off their campaign as they go for the three-peat, as they go for four championships in five years, which will cement them as one of the best dynasties of all time. At that point, you only mentioned Russell Celtics and Michael's Bulls. Um, they're going against a shorthanded OKC Thunder. Up to this point, I haven't heard anything different. Looks like Russell Westbrook is going to miss the game. They already had the news last week that Robertson is out. He's going to be reevaluated in a couple months. That's not a good sign because he still has to get his rhythm. Um, apparently, something with the procedure, they have to go in and kind of just check some things out, and hopefully everything works out for him because once he got hurt, their defense completely fell off a cliff, and they was able to get back to that – um, defensive level a little bit with the sign of Corey Brewer, who is still a free agent out there, which is interesting. They could probably should look at him again, as well as Jamal Crawford um, is a free agent, which is, you know, very interesting. So um, Golden State should win that game. OKC, a lot of questions going into the season. And last but not least, real quick, um, I did pick Kevin Durant for my MVP because I think – you know, the MVP can be the best player on a good team. But I've been impressed with Milwaukee and what I've seen on offense and the driving lanes and the spacing under Coach uh, Budenholzer's system and Giannis taking threes and making threes. And he, Coach Bud giving him that confidence saying that, you know, I need you to at least shoot them. I don't care if you make them or not, but you got to at least shoot them. And um, to see him taking those shots um, – I think Giannis is poised to possibly be the MVP. Um, I wish I can go back and change my pick, but I already wrote on it, so um, we'll have to see how that goes. But that'll bring this episode of the Off the Glass podcast to a close. Just kind of wanted to stop by real quick, comment on the NCAA scandal, the fact that nobody's covering it again. Go check out the articles, man. Fascinating stuff going on right there. Um, we're going to come back at the end of the week and um, – Kind of recap the games the first week of um, the opening week of the NBA. Again, make sure to head over to Twitter. I'm trying to get my followers up. Go over there. Follow your boy, ZJ, at the Author Glass. I'm going to engage with you guys. We could talk hoops, whatever you want to talk about. Again, head over to www.theauthorglasspodcast.com. Get your shirt. Stop playing. You need to get one of these shirts, man. I got colors gray, red, Carolina blue, dope shirt. Go over there and get you a, sh a shirt. Support the podcast. Make sure to, again, whatever listening platform you're on, subscribe, download, listen, comment, all that good stuff, man. Let's continue to grow this thing, man. All those who have been supporting, salute. Your boy, Z, thanks you. This is Z signing off. Stay safe out there. Peace. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. 
We do it right too with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just ten dollars, and buy one one and a half cubic foot bag of Miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through five one while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select eleven point eight ounce pots. Valid in store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right too with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just ten dollars, and buy one one and a half cubic foot bag of Miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through five one while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select eleven point eight ounce pots. Valid in store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.